To everyone listening, welcome to the 10 second mark with Michael Hernandez and Charlie Nichols. Since everyone is new here, we're going to run you guys through how we like to do things around here. This is a show by and for members of the Central Coast Combat Sports community. We are going to cover fighters of all stripes, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, you name it, we talk about it. From the amateurs to the pros, we are going to explore all realms of the combat sports community and what the Central Coast has to offer within it. Now, how are we going to do all of this? In three rounds. In the first round, we're going to take about five minutes to cover the fighting news of the month. From everything to UFC, Bellator, to any amateur events that are possibly going on in the California area, Michael and Charlie will be the guys to go ahead and inform you about it. We'll talk not only about the events themselves and the results, but also the fighters and the promoters and the gyms within it. For the second round, we interview a member of the Central Coast Combat Sports community, taking all the time that they need. For our third and final round, we will take another five minutes to offer our thoughts on what our interviewee had to say. Now, let's take a few minutes to hear our host. Hey guys, this is Charlie Nichols. I'm a second year at Cal Poly majoring in political science and journalism. I hail from Seattle, Washington. My path into fighting is something that has had a huge impact on my life. After getting kicked out of middle school, my mom signed my depressed self up for some boxing lessons. Keep in mind that I had probably only mentioned this like one time in front of her. I guess moms just know sometimes. A major shout out to Northwest Fighting Academy in Redmond, Washington is necessary in order to tell this story. The people running that gym know how to fight. Alright, now we can get back to the story at hand. Being in the ring changed my life for the better. I experienced a level of focus I had never realized was possible. Thanks to the efforts of my coach, Ronald, I was able to gain the mental toughness and discipline needed to get my shit together. Using these tools, I was able to get into a school like Cal Poly. I am so excited to be a part of this podcast and share the stories of people who can feel the love for the combat sports community in the same way. Hopefully, everybody listening can learn a thing or two about the fighting world or just get familiar with the Central Coast community. Hello, fight fans. My name is Michael Hernandez. This show here is the 10 second mark, which talks about California combat sports athletes and the gyms that train them. But not only that, us as hosts both have a passion for combat sports. As somebody that grew up in the Central Valley area, the personalities of Nate Diaz and Josh Koscheck were ones that I remember seeing plastered over any sports bar or any man cave at the times, and probably to this day for many garages that are still intact, but I still garnered this interest even as an adolescent. It was as a young adult that I became even more interested into combat sports. My first love was judo at the age of 13, but it was a fast fling in that I did not train again until the age of 19 when I dusted off my gi to try my hand in jiu-jitsu. My older brother had started training at 7th generation jiu-jitsu in Clovis, and I decided to find a gym near me after he told me about the mental health benefits that it gave him. My best friend had recently lost his life in a car crash in November of 2021, and I was a bit lost mentally, so I was for sure in need of a new hobby to keep my mind busy. I decided to pick up my hand at Trifecta MMA in Visalia in June of 2022 and got acquainted with a couple of local amateur fighters while training. I was enamorated at the fact that these warriors did this for little to no payment most times and yet were fighting towards a paycheck that was not very far away. My brother had coincidentally known somebody fighting on a 559 fights card in September and two of my teammates at the gym were fighting so I decided to attend the event and when I went, I just knew I had to find a way to involve myself in that atmosphere in some way. My skills have always been in my ability to speak to those, to others, and now that I am growing older, it has shown me that the need to broadcast the stories of others and build a bridge of understanding is something the world needs, not only in sports, but in everyday life. Both me and Charlie are excited to get this journey on the road for our show. For first episode, we decided to try and highlight a local gym and fighter in the 805 area. 805 Kickboxing in Napomo, California has garnered quite the training staff for his athletes. With the Black Belt and BJJ from Carlson Gracie, Manny Marquez is the gym's jiu-jitsu coach, Mario Reyes being the head of kickboxing and Muay Thai for the gym. With his win this past Friday at 559 fights against Mark Hernandez, Joe Palacios out of Lompoc is now Four and three, and is looking for a rebirth in the lightweight division with a title shot each between them in their respective divisions. This fight was a big determiner where both fighters would be in the lightweight picture in the amateur California scene. And now Joe's slated to fight on the 13th. But before we get into that, I mean, Ryan Garcia 
he had the quite the big uh, homecoming for his boxing match into uh into texas man i mean he had a ton of fans there How, what did you have to say about it we're here with my bo boxing expert charlie nichols uh he had a little bit to say about that fight yeah well it was a really disappointing loss for the ryan garcia and ryan garcia fans with that nasty body shot but it's hard to say that i couldn't see it coming to a certain degree like you know tank's a tank it's as simple as that you can't be taking letting that guy take shots at your body at all or it's just not going to go your way i guess uh the hands just weren't quick enough for garcia but that's just that yeah, I mean, it did not seem like he was fully prepared out there. I mean, he was getting outclassed, it seemed, every single round. And I'm definitely a supporter of Garcia in the sense that he's a young boxer. He's definitely up and coming. And I mean, there's no one else out there in the boxing world that can garner a fan base like Ryan Garcia. I mean, look how many people he had tuned into that fight. And obviously, Gervonta Tank Davis is a uh, beast in his own right. But I mean, he was able to garner a whole lot of fans into that fight i mean he had me watching that fight and i'm not even a boxing fan so that was definitely a huge fight and as you said you just cannot take those body shots from tank man i mean he just absolutely was delivering some of those and those counter punches he was just taking out ryan when that second round when he went wild tank just hits him with that nasty counter and i feel right after that ryan kind of locked in and he was like oh crap you know this is uh gonna be a long yeah, definitely. You could you could see the pain in his eyes when he took that knee. That was just. I always tell people it's way more painful to take a body shot than anything to the head. Everything to the head is just kind of disorienting. But yeah, that just a brutal display of boxing that night. And then, uh, fun fact, you actually cannot watch MGM fights at MGM hotels, which I learned in Las Vegas this last weekend. Super unfortunate. That end up watching piece together highlights, but. Yeah, just brutal. And then on top of it, and to give some context to this fight, you know, you've got that domestic assault charge for uh, Tank, which is I apparently the the woman that accused him like recanted her accusation. And uh, but that's that's something I take super seriously. I don't really like rooting for people that are have are dealing with that in any kind of way. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of hard to tell. But I've always loved Ryan Garcia, so kind of very disappointing to see him lose that fight. But hopefully, we can see maybe a rematch in the future. And yeah, kid's only twenty four. I mean, twenty four years old fighting at the very pinnacle. And I just want to make a correction earlier. I said he was in, he had went back to Texas, but it was actually the fight was in Vegas. Thank you for reminding me on that. And that's kind of crazy. I mean, not being able to go to the MGM Grand and go watch a fight. But I mean, it makes sense. The T-Mobile Arena's got to be a couple of miles away there, so. That's probably the way they're looking at it. But yeah, I mean, 24 years old, Gervonta's 28. There's definitely a whole lot of room for that rematch. And it's going to be a good one whenever it does happen because Ryan's going to have a lot more experience. Gervonta's obviously going to have a whole lot more experience. And hopefully by that time, Gervonta's not on his way out. We all know how boxing can be. I mean, it's a very revolving door sport. Exactly, yeah. And you get a lot of ducking too, but... From my point of view, I, I don't see Ryan ducking very often. However, I don't like to judge the fighters just because I think you should be taking the money above everything else. And if the money is not in taking a fight, then you shouldn't take the fight. It's as simple as that. But uh, yeah, back to that fight. Yeah, I really hope to see a rematch at some point. I, I think we're going to be in for a rematch here pretty soon, Charlie. I would probably say within the next five years, at least, they're going to be pushing that rematch on us. I mean, how many years did we hear the Manny Pacquiao and uh, Floyd Mayweather stories? But, you know, we are running out of time here for our first round. It was great talking to you, Charlie. Let's go ahead and segue into that interview with Joe Palacios. Michael Hernandez of MLH Media and Valley Fight News. And we are here for the 10 Second Mark podcast with Michael Hernandez and Charlie Nichols. Is Michael Hernandez here today with Joe Palacios of 805 Kickboxing. I'm super excited to talk to this gentleman. He's a very talented MMA fighter out of the Napomo area. But I wanted to give him the opportunity. We gave a little bit of a... A little bit of a talking at uh, the most recent 559 fights but I mean I just wanted to give you a chance to 
uh, give your story to the Central Coast community, man. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Thank you for having me. You know, um, not every day I get to give interviews or do podcasts, so this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, you um, you're the you're the guy, man. I mean, even watching your matchups uh, in pre- in preparation for your match um, with Mark Hernandez, I was just very. I was very entertained by your style because it's a very it's a very cumulative style of kind of that jiu-jitsu combined with the striking. I mean, you really lean on your striking to go to the ground, but then you could still you could still knock people out, man. I mean, we seen in that uh, Vlad Buren fight, you put him out cold, and that's probably one of the sickest knockouts that I've ever watched ever. So I just got to give you your props on that, man. But um yeah, so I just wanted to talk to you today about your career, kind of how you got started into MMA and everything about you, man. So uh, give us your story, man. Give us your background. Uh, where did you grow up? How did uh, the Joe Palacio story begin? It's, uh, it's a long story, but it's also pretty short for the most part, I guess. Uh, grew up in, um, well, I was raised, born and raised in uh, San Bernardino, moved out to L.A. as a teenager. Um, wasn't a a troubled kid but uh you know i've had my scuffles growing up every now and then and um sorry i wait for them to uh fighting is just kind of part of my dna man you know um not saying that like oh i grew up on the streets fighting for food and all that stuff Uh, it wasn't that hardcore but um you know you just kind of you're put in stressful situations your whole life. You learn to adapt, and the physical part is actually very easy, surprisingly. It's a, a lot of mental toughness that uh, kind of forged me towards this path. Um, how I got started in MMA, however, was um, <clears throat> I became a father about a little over two years ago. Um, I was confident in my hands. You know, I have just that God-given power so, you know, and I've, I've fought growing up, so I was always thinking like, you know, oh, you know, I could, I could defend my family if I need to. I was like, I could defend my family if I need to, but I don't know how to do all the fancy chokes. And I had a little guy choke me out one time when we were training one day for fun. And I was like, I didn't like that feeling, you know, a, a little dude that I had, you know, 50 to 60 pounds on. You know, he he climbed on my back and locked up a, a like almost like a rear naked choke while I was still standing. You know, wrapped up, and I was like, I don't I don't like that. So I, I should probably learn how to get into some ground fighting a little bit. And so um, picked up jujitsu about three years ago, right before my my daughter was born. This was actually right before COVID hit, and you know that sucked. So. I wasn't able to train as often as I wanted to, but um, yeah, mainly um, just wanted to learn some self-defense, picked up jujitsu, found out I was pretty decent at it, fell in love with it, um, tried to get into some fights, uh, MMA style, uh, sanctioned fights, and um, didn't work out due to COVID, but um because of that, my uh, I wasn't striking at that time. I, I had no striking, um, and so uh, I told my jujitsu coach, like, "Hey, man, I've been trying to get fights, and it's not working out. You think you could help me out?" And he's like, "No, that's a terrible idea. You're gonna get crushed." And uh, so he introduced me to Mario, which is my striking coach now, and um, you know, he pretty much he's like, "You want to fight? Let's see. You know, prove it." And, um, you know, after about a day or two of striking with him, he was like, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't get in a fight or you didn't get any fights because your striking is terrible. (laughs) That sounds so much like Mario because, I mean, not to interrupt you there, but the first time I ever met the guy in person, he gives me stuff about not giving you an interview right before your fight. And I'm like, dude, I had so much stuff going on. I had finals week, I had everything going on, and you were a good sport about it. But that does sound like Mario, man. He just keeps it brutally honest. I can't wait till we get to have him on the pod one of these days because he's just, he's a character, dude. But 
um, he's t- kind of go into what he's given you because I mean he's he has that relationship with you that's obviously very close. I mean it's seen ringside whenever he's talking to you. So would you say that he's really fundamental to your MMA career so far? Oh, he's he's everything. He got my he got me started. He keeps me going. You know he he's the one that gets gives me my fights. Um, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't I I actually tried without him trying to you know get started in MMA and fighting and um, surprisingly uh, 559 turned me down in the past they're like you know because I was sending them Jeremy and Antoine emails like hey man I want to fight and uh, thankfully they declined my offer because I you know I didn't realize that they were such a high level of talent as far as an organization goes and uh, it would have been bad so um, after working with Mario a little bit um, you know, he, he, he brought me in, got me started. Um, I, I can't thank the guy enough, man. He's, he's like a, a big brother to me, kind of like a mentor, sometimes like a dad, you know, just depends on what hat he's wearing at that time. But, uh, I can't thank that guy enough for, uh, getting me started. Yeah. I mean, Mario's, he's a, he's definitely a character, but you can tell he shows a lot of love for you, man. I mean, even in the way that, he was guiding you through that choke when I was I was kind of watching and I was recording. I mean, it seemed step by step. You guys kind of knew in unison what you guys were doing. So that just goes to show that chemistry that you guys have when you guys are on the mats together or even down to training together and getting certain combinations or getting sequences down. That definitely shows a big trust that you show in um, your coach. So I wanted to talk to you about your location because, I mean, you ended up in Napomo and you were talking, you're from the San Bernardino area. So how did you end up over here? I mean, it's a, it's a cool little three-hour three hour drive, three and a half hours. So how did you end up over here? Was it the kid? Was it the work? Uh, what, how, how exactly did you end up in the Central Coast area? A little bit of everything, you know. How does, you know, not to bring up a philosophical question, but how does anybody really end up anywhere? You know, it's just kind of the route that life, pushed me towards but um yeah I grew up over there um got into some trouble out in LA um when I became you know 17 18 decided to join the the military so joined the Air Force when I was 18 19 years old did that for about nine years and uh recently separated back in like 2019 but um I got stationed out here in Lompoc um, here at uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base is what it used to be called. Now it's Space Force Base, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, got stationed out here back in 2013. Um, loved the area. Surprisingly, a lot of people from Lompoc and around this area are like, Lompoc sucks. Or, There's not a lot to do out here. It's boring. But I love the, uh, the calm and just the quiet of it and so I decided to make Lompoc my home you know and uh, I've been living here since 2013 uh, decided to you know set some roots down here and plan on staying here for a little while well a little while longer that originally wasn't the plan I was planning on moving to Texas eventually or somewhere in the south because I was also stationed in uh, Louisiana did a few deployments uh, during my time in the service and I loved I love the south man but this is home as well but if I ever do move it'll be somewhere southern I, I believe but that's kind of how I wound up here man you know <laughs> yeah no that's a beautiful story I mean that's kind of that's it's interesting though that you said you were stationed in Vanberg because I mean obviously you kind of you've traveled around a lot i mean you went from san Bernardino, you went to texas and then of course you ended up going to lompoc where is now your home which i just find that (laughs) that destination like that it's like on a map you know if you put that it'd be kind of funny but what what would you have to say was your favorite part about being in the air force i mean because obviously there's 
there's tough parts and it's almost you can compare it to the fighting world where there's positives there's negatives but what is something that you enjoyed in your service because i've talked to a lot of former mma guys that were involved in the service i mean i don't know if you knew but uh isaac johnson another 559 fights guy he was involved in the services as well um and it's definitely interesting to hear you guys' perspective so i wanted you to share your story a little bit on that sure um best part of the military easily the uh camaraderie you know I'm, I'm sure you talk to any vet they'll probably lean towards that answer as well it's it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood unlike anything else you know it's um, it's actually very similar to uh, the fight game if you if you can believe that you know um, just a couple of guys and girls dedicated to something greater than themselves and um, you know, I, I love it. You know, I, I missed, once I got out of the military, once I got out of the military, um, you know, I, I kind of missed that, that camaraderie, so to speak. And um, I found it again in, in fighting, you know. A lot of people think we're a bunch of meatheads that just like to beat each other in the face, but it's, you know, if you're a martial artist, you truly understand, like, just the commitment that you can have towards another person and other people that, you know, you may not even like, you know, you might go come into the gym, like, I hate that guy. He always like cracks me with uppercuts or something, but like you respect them and you love them. And if you see that dude or that girl, you know, out in the streets, having, getting, you know, having a hard time or something, even if you don't like them, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to ride with them. You know, and so I, I love it, man. I love the fight game. Military service is the camaraderie for me, you know. Yeah, it's almost like a Randy Couture-like story, you know? <laughs> That's what I always think of when I hear you military guys coming over, man, because you guys do have that camaraderie definitely intact, and it's always great talking to you guys because you have that martial artist intact as well, and it's always amazing getting to talk to guys like that that respect the game and that really do fighting for the love of the fighting and not just because of the glamorous lights <laughs> or because Conor McGregor used to do it or because they know that there's it's becoming a multi-million dollar industry you know it's often misconstrued about me as well that I, I kind of do this for a certain for certain motives but I tell people I'm like I do this simply for the reason that you guys do you fighters showed me a world that I never thought would be exposed to me in the passion realm of sports and uh, the passion you guys display every single day i mean i feel like not enough people know what you guys put in hours wise what you guys put in even financially to train it's some people think it's just some oh you can go into an mma fight and win but it's simply not that easy especially in today's day especially as you said in organizations like 559 fights valley fight series organizations all over california in the amateurs that are having this competition for you guys so speaking about competition i mean describe your competition at 805 kickboxing because i mean you have different guys here training mma and you definitely have some killers on the team um you're gonna fight with a couple of them on the card coming up in june hopefully if everything if everything shapes up and i'll be there hope i'll be there hopefully so i'll hopefully get to watch you in the main event but Discuss how 805 kickboxing your teammates, how that camaraderie has kind of built compared to maybe other brothers brotherhoods that you've built over the years. Um, you know, it's it's different, but it's the same at the same spot, I guess. It's it's different in the the aspect of, you know, we are physically hurting each other, but it's we're doing it to make each other better, if that makes sense. We're hurting each other so that outsiders cannot hurt us if that makes any sense um with that being said you know i i like to think of myself as as far as mma goes is pretty well-rounded fighter you know i'm not just a striker i'm not just a grappler i do love doing those things but um you know when i train jujitsu i'm not even a a top 10 guy in our jujitsu class when it comes to striking, I'm not even a top 10 guy striking. I'm getting beat up every single day. And, uh, you know, my family and people who don't really understand fighting, you know, they, 
they think that I'm coming in the gym and just cleaning house with everybody. They're like, oh, is there anybody that's even on your level? And I'm like, yeah, there's levels I haven't even reached yet. Like, I, <laughs> I try to explain to them, like, dude, I'm getting, I'm fighting, you know, like that R. Kelly meme or whatever. I'm, I'm fighting, fighting for my life <laughs> every day, bro. You know, and, you know, just last night um, we were training, getting pieced up, dude. You know, <laughs> so there's definitely levels to to everything. You know, and um, if you think you're you're a tough dude, you know, martial arts is a great way to be humbled. You know, because there's always somebody better, faster, stronger, more knowledgeable, more technical. Just you know, and that's part of the reason why I love this game so much is. I love, you know, I love to look at MMA as, I love to look at MMA as like a, a big puzzle. It's a human puzzle. And I, you know, I love solving puzzles. And, um, you know, I, I like to think, uh, you know, well, how am I going to solve this? Well, this, you know, maybe this guy's faster than me. Maybe I can, you know, have some better footwork or head movement or, you know, just whatever it is. You know, I, 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 I love the challenge of uh, fighting in general. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get challenged here every single day. I mean, you have Carlson Gracie guys trained on the mats, train, uh, training you, and then Mario Reyes obviously knows his stuff in the kickboxing realm and then the striking department. So it's you're definitely getting educated over here. But I just wanted to touch on some difficulties that you maybe have balancing that training and your regular life because I know you spoke about being a father as well and I know that sometimes it can get a little bit difficult with everything you know with of course taking care of a kid and kind of explain to a kid like yeah I'm gonna go fight like you know and they don't really understand that concept so kind of go into how it is being a dad being in your career and then also being a martial artist because that's something that a lot of other athletes I mean NFL players MLB players they have to deal with maybe being a parent on the outside or being a relative to others, but they don't have to deal with most of the time working a whole other job. Uh, I'm, I'm actually glad that you brought that up, man, because that is kind of one of the unforeseen sort of things that, you know, nobody really takes into account. You know, when, when, it, when it comes fight night, you know, the fans are in the stands, they want to see violence. They don't understand that you know, hey, for the most part, we're just normal people. We got normal jobs. We got families, you know. Um, you know, I'm not saying all the fans are like that, but I'm saying for the most part, um, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this sport, you know. As you were telling me earlier, you know, you're a full-time student, you got a job. You're, you know, your plate's pretty full too, you know. Um, as far as my situation goes, um, you know, I've got three kids. Um, Two of them are under three years old. I got a stepdaughter that's 13. Uh, so she does understand the fight game a little bit and she, she loves it, she supports me, but my young, young kids, you know, they don't get it. You know, my, my two-year-old daughter, she loves to fight already. She'll see me shadow boxing and she's already doing the sis, 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 you know, the little noises when she strikes. Um, but it's it's a big sacrifice man and um any advice that i could give to anybody that's looking to get into this um whether you know if you're young and you don't have a family hey man go nuts you, you know the world is yours you've got nothing but time um for the rest of us that have families and jobs and things like that um you just really you know i guess the best thing that I could say is if it's important to you, you know, um, if you don't have time, you've got to make time. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of sacrifice and commitment, dedication that it takes to be successful in the sport. Anybody can hop into a cage and get beat up, you know, but if you want to be successful, you know, you, you, you know, you do have to, unfortunately, sacrifice your family time a little bit. And that's, honestly, that is the hardest part of fighting for me, is um, the time away from my family. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is just being at home, being a dad, being boring, doing nothing, and just hanging out with my kids and my family, just not a care in the world. 
but um, you know my family also understands that this is important to me and so they support me and they allow me to go out and train for you know four or five hours a day you know let's be honest like I said if you want to be successful it takes time you know it's you know there's no you know steroid that you can take that's gonna condense your time you know there's no hyperbolic time chamber that you can train 30 minutes and get better and you know get a month's worth of progress you know it's just commitment you know so yeah I mean that's I think that's all that I can really speak of that for that question yeah and I can definitely see where you're saying with being loving being home because I mean you spent so much time obviously in the services nine years and then now you're in the fight game which takes away time like how you said four to five hours training and then sometimes you have to go to a three hour away location and you have to stay there for two nights so it's definitely a very exhausting tax on the people that you love and in a sense it taxes you as well in your in your mental so i i definitely give you your kudos and i um i got to give you credit for being uh being there in the family corner man because i know it gets tough especially those weight cuts man and <laughs> trying to be friendly in front of the kiddos you know so it takes a lot of control yeah. but i just wanted to touch on your MMA career because I mean obviously it's been it's been one to enjoy I mean it's been full of highlights I mean even your Shane Christie fight which was a title fight that a lot of people I feel like undermined because that that was such a good fight that was really it was an entertaining fight back and forth and then obviously towards the end there he was able to kind of pull ahead and get that um win but I mean what are some lessons you've maybe learned from fights like this because I mean I feel like you're a man that's taking lessons every single time you're going in that octagon win or loss or draw so what's maybe a highlight of your mma career or maybe a lesson that you learned that you were just like you know i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna ride with this um you know i i look back at that that fight and um it it motivated me a little bit not like in a negative way at all um Shane Christie, great guy. I like the dude. I actually uh, got to talk to him at the last last venue or the last fight we were at. Uh, I believe he's making his pro debut pretty soon, so shout out to him. I wish him success and prosperity and everything for the future. Um, but after that loss, um, you know, I had another fight a few months after that, and just mentally, I just I wasn't there. You know, um, and it's not like the loss, you know, put me into a depression or anything like that or, you know, messed with me mentally. It was just more of a, like, damn, man, like, had I won that fight, maybe my career would have been a little different, you know. And so, um, not that loss in particular, but just as I developed over that time, um, something something changed in in me I guess in mentally something changed in my mind I, I don't know what it was I can't pinpoint it exactly but um, there's a, a day I, I, I woke up and um, maybe it had to do with you know like the sacrifice that we were talking about with losing family time and all that stuff and I felt like uh, you know the harsh reality of MMA which is uh, I'm dedicating all this time, I'm losing time for my family, and I go out and I lose, I'm disappointing them, I feel like I'm letting them down, and it's, you know, it's not a good feeling to have. And so, after kind of coping with that, you know, one day I just kind of woke up and uh, I told myself, you know, if you're going to keep doing this, man, um, stop trying to be competitive. Start being dominant, you know, something, a flip switched in my mind and it said uh, you know use use the pain use everything use the, the self-doubt use the confidence use everything that you can in your fight camps push yourself past the limit uh, you know strive to be great and um, you know I have no shame in, in any of my losses at all I have no regrets you know um, I, I use it and um, even my victories, my wins, I don't 
get big-headed. I'm not like, oh, you know, I smashed that guy, I crushed him. No, I'm, I'm, it makes me actually hungrier. Like, it makes me want to get back in there sooner. It makes me want to prove to my family, my friends, my supporters, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm for real. Like, I'm, I try to stay humble in victory as I do in defeat, you know, and um, I just want to go out and uh, prove to everybody that the time and the sacrifice is worth it, you know. It's not ill-spoiled games. I'm not just going out and having fun, you know, dinking around with my friends out here while, while we're training. You know, I, I'm, I'm committed to something and I want to be successful. And um, I got to use everything that I can in order to get that. Yeah, I, I feel you are using your tools very wisely. I mean, even in that last fight, it just seemed from start to end. And Mark Hernandez is no joke, a guy that's title challenge for a title in his own right for the five five nine fights promotion and you were charging towards him i mean that was probably one of the most entertaining fights of the night if there was a fight in the night award i'd probably i'd probably give it to him because his ability to stand in there and your ability and to just push forward and man i love those guys from crisp kickboxing because even despite the name man their grappling is absolutely up to par i mean he was putting up competition with you he was rolling with you every single time so it was definitely a war and i mean afterwards i kind of got to talk to him a little bit and he said yeah dude he was a beast and i mean you look after i mean i was like dude this guy at 155 he's he's gonna be a problem an absolute problem dude because you got you got absolute mass on these guys and i mean 170 you look solid but 155 i do you think that's your weight after after this fight um yeah um you know the if i could shout out the crisp uh, do they call themselves the crisp boys i don't know <laughs> it's the crisp kickboxing, crisp kickboxing yeah. guys um you know coach crisp over there uh he's got some good guys you know shane christie defeated me um and you know i know those guys are talented and i have nothing but respect and admiration for those guys and that's for any opponent honestly really you know it takes heart to to get in front of a crowd and try to not get punched in the, or kicked in the face you know not get embarrassed um but um like i said uh that that flip switched in my head and i don't know how to explain it i don't i didn't have any ill will towards that guy in the fight but something in my heart was just telling me like you have to go out there and and give it your all and um you know don't have any feelings for this guy unfortunately and i i mean that in the most respectful way possible you know like i said i, I respect the guy and i admire the guy but um you know I, I had to prove to myself most importantly um you know how how bad do i actually really want it you know so I was getting getting on a rant there, a little off topic. What uh, what were we talking about again? Oh no, I was just asking you about the. You were kind of talking about the Chris kickboxing guys and how they motivated you to kind of push yourself after that Christie loss. But I mean, obviously, it's kind of been a weird um, a weird way that the ladder has fallen. I mean, Tyler Saley he fought Vlad Buren, who yeah. you fought, yeah. and then Shane Christie <laughs> fought you, yeah. and then you eventually fought Mark Hernandez. So it's been a, a whole connection of guys that have yeah. all sort of been connected in some sort of way. Yeah. But I mean, that just goes to show the talent that you have. I mean, being surrounded by these top lightweights and these top welterweights in the game, I mean... Mark Hernandez, I could tell even after that fight, you guys kind of talked a little bit, and you you showed that admiration, like, dude, you're a beast. Like, you took that in the, um, I mean, because he had an injury post-fight, post, post fight, and he just kept on pushing until that last round, dude. Yeah. So, um, obviously, kudos to you for getting that win, but got to give a big kudos to Mark for pushing through because, like you said, it's a warrior's mindset when you go in there. And I'm positive just as much as you were pushing the envelope to try and get that win and trying to establish a name, he was too because you guys were both uh, co-main eventing and that was a big night for both of you fighters. But I just wanted to talk about what's next for you because, I mean, you got some... Sorry to interrupt you there, but you got some... Big plans, obviously, for the month of June. We got the beatdown promotions fight, hopefully, coming up. Um, and if everything falls through with that, then you're going to be making your first, first ever, going to be making your first ever 
appearance here in the San Luis Obispo area. So what would you say, like, what would you say is really next for you? I mean, are you looking to kind of go pro in these next, in this next year or so? Because I know you said that, you know, uh, time isn't, uh, father time isn't catching, is catching up, you know? So, I mean, obviously in the best way, you got to kind of get things rolling here for the MMA career. Are you thinking a uh, pro trajectory in these next couple years? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, real quick, shout out to Vlad. That was the toughest fight I've ever had in my life. That dude hits like a truck, by the way. Big, mean Russian dude. I think he's Russian. I'm sorry if I got his race wrong or whatever, but I saw him and, uh, man, like that dude's fighting style. Also, the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. <laughs> that man is an absolute, um, he's a unit. I mean, I was standing next to him after the post-fight interview because he his fight ended in a draw with Tyler Saley. And... I was just like, dude, there is no way this guy is at one, like 170. This is yeah. insane. And then, I mean, I was side, I was right by the side when on the end of that third round, and he was he was laying those punches down on the ground and pound, and you could just hear his hands hitting the bones, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy's an absolute problem at 170. Like, if more guys are willing to go to the ground with that guy, I'm really afraid for what that guy's going to be doing to guys. And he has a great team at Team Alpha Male that are getting him right. And he's he's only going to get better. He's I think he's pretty young too, so... <laughs> it's only it's only up for that guy but he's yeah. he's a beast dude, i did so. not enjoy being hit by that guy i'll say that that dude packs a punch man when you caught him in that fight were you like oh my gosh like what the hell just happened because yeah. he the way he fell it was just insane you guys were both throwing back and forth i mean not to backtrack because i know we were talking about it earlier but that was it was such a key moment for the palacios mma yeah. um it was a really like your Jorge Masvidal moment. Yeah. I feel like that probably is one of your most viewed fights. So yeah. um, talk about that a little bit more. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, as as you know, um, I used to fight at 170, Walter Waite. Uh, had some success there. I felt good, felt confident. Um, and uh, I never thought I'd make 155 because when I started training for jiu-jitsu and MMA, uh, I was about 200 pounds. You know, I'd... Before I got into MMA, I was actually competitive bodybuilder. So with the, you know the man thong and everything, the you know I don't know if I can call it blackface or whatever, but you know the the lotion and all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I did bodybuilding for a good portion of my life, and then um, got tired of it, man. Because you know you get on stage and it just depends on what the judges like to see as opposed to you know, how you may actually look. And so, you know, I got kind of frustrated. I was like, what's the point of having all the strength if I can't use it? <laughs> and so very shortly after that, I got into, um, you know, grappling, jiu-jitsu, MMA. Um, but um, yeah, I started, started training around 200 pounds. Mario took me under his wing, told me, hey man, you got to cut to 155. And I was like, bro, that's, what? Like, I don't have any fat to lose, bro. I can't, I can't cut like that much weight. And he's like, ah, well, maybe we'll throw you in welterweight or something. And so, you know, I've had about six fights at welterweight. Did fairly decent, you know. Felt good, confident. But um, actually, to backtrack to the previous question of, you know, how I got started at or getting into 155. Um, when I was cutting weight for welterweight 170, you know, I would only walk around at about maybe 180. So weight cut was, it was easy, bro. Like 10 pounds, you know, sometimes even five pounds just to make weight for a fight. And um, I was like, oh, it's like this fight game is easy. I don't know what everyone's talking about, this weight cut stuff. It's, you know, I'm always making weight. And, you know, I still always do make weight, but, um, after uh, like the Christie fight and the the other fight that I had after that, which I, I lost by a split decision, um, you know, I see the guys that I train with in here. You know, they they all fight uh, Muay Thai and um, kickboxing and things like that. And I saw that I saw their weight cuts, man, and they're you know they're little dudes. You know, Muay Thai is a crazy weight class. You know, they got dudes fighting out like. 
I don't even like 125 pounds. 125. <laughs> yeah, I know they have the most random weight. Yeah. Ever, so I completely understand your logic in that. Yeah, and so I'd see them making weight, and they're smaller dudes, um, cutting more weight than I am, and so I was like, damn, these guys are losing like you know 15% of their body mass for for fights. And um, I saw some of that, just that grueling weight cut during fight week and stuff. And I was like, you know, call me crazy or whatever. But I was like, I want some of that. Like, I want to lose my mind a little bit and, and see what it actually feels like to be a fighter. You know, because I never actually, you know, I don't necessarily call myself a fighter. I'm just a guy who fights, you know. I look up to these guys that I train with and uh, I'm like, those dudes are fighters, like, and, um, you know, so I, I never really used the word fighter out of respect, you know, because I, I felt like maybe I just wasn't on their level, so I didn't want to bring them down and try to propel myself up, um, but these guys inspired me to, uh, to cut down to, uh, lightweight, you know, 155, like I said, I wanted to get lost in the sauce so to speak and lose my mind and be you know you know maybe even yell at my wife at home a little bit like ah, I'm losing my mind you know but um, surprisingly um, the 155 pound weight cut was actually easier than all of my welterweight cuts which is crazy because I started this fight camp at about you know a little under 180 because so I was actually bulking up to get to 185 for a, a different title fight, um, but I ultimately decided against it. And so I was actually bulking up, got up to about 180, had absolutely no cardio. And I was like, bro, I, I can't even run right now. My legs are so heavy. And so we scrapped that fight. And then like the very next day, Mario hits me up. He's like, hey, we got a 155 uh, in about four weeks. And I was like, shit, man. Like, I just put on all this weight you want me to cut it off? <laughs> He's like, you don't have to take it. I was like, no, let's take it. Like, I want to want to lose my mind a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I cut about, you know, 25 pounds in 30-ish days and um, didn't lose my mind, surprisingly. I actually fell in love with it. Like, just, it gives me that that edge a little bit, cutting that weight and, you know, sitting in the sauna or running with my fat man suit on i'm just like you know you know screaming at myself as i'm running thankfully nobody's around because you know i'm sure somebody would call the cops or something but like i'm running up hills and i'm screaming at myself like this is how we win joe this is how you know this is what we need to do to be successful and um just pushing myself you know and um as i spoke to you before the fight actually when you had asked me um I was like, hey man, you know, I had a good weight cut, had a good fight camp, just ready to put on a show. And uh, I think I'm gonna stay at 155, man. I, I love the way that my body feels. I love the way that my mind works. I feel free in there. I'm fast, I'm strong. I just feel very confident at 155. So uh, going forward, um, you know, I'm gonna be doing the, um, the fight here at Madonna Inn, hopefully if everything works out, possibly, um, you know, I, I believe we're going to do another 559 next month, and um, after that, I believe we'll, we will be looking at going pro, so pro 155, you know, I'm excited to go in there for longer than three minutes, you know, because uh, at 170, my cardio was good, but my arms were just heavy, you know, and so my coach was like, you need to cut some muscle. I was like, that's kind of counterintuitive to fighting, right? And he's like, no, no. It's like, if I could have you with no muscle, that'd be better. If you could walk in like Gumby, that would be ideal. And you know, a lot of people misconstrue that because they see guys that are units and they think, oh yeah, that guy's going to be good at fighting. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's good if he's like Brock Lesnar and he can just <laughs> take guys to the ground and pin them down and beat the absolute crap out of them. But I mean, if it's a guy like you at the 155 weight class, 
that wrestling repertoire, it only has so much of an advantage until you meet somebody that's cutting down from a good 30 pounds, 40 pounds, and trying to beat your ass. So it makes a little bit of a difference, you know? But um, I've really enjoyed our time today, Joe. I mean, you've been an awesome guest. Uh, you're my first guest. And so I, I'm just honored that you, uh, you even agreed to do it because, I mean... Um, but I'm super excited that you even made the announcement that, uh, hopefully going pro after these, uh, next two fights, um, the 559 fights in May, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe so. About, uh, four weeks from now. Yes. Okay, perfect. So 559 fights, 97, and then of course the beatdown promotions in June, which I'm going to be at both of those. So I'll see you at, I'll see you at both of them. Hopefully we can get a post-fight interview in for both of those, man. Uh, keep the streak going. But, um... You know, just these last couple of questions here. Is there um, maybe something fight fans don't know about you that you really wanted to share? I know we were talking already earlier about your military career, about your children, you know, but maybe something that you do on the side, you know, uh, an occupation or maybe a hobby of some sort, you know, your job, something that you really uh, fans would be, you feel would be interested in. I, I don't know, man. I'm uh, like I said, I'm a pretty boring family, man. Um, the things that I find interesting, most people probably won't, but um, as far as like hobbies go, um, I don't want to sound like a tough guy when I say this, but I just like doing masculine things. You know, I like working with my hands, woodworking, uh, fixing up my house, construction, breaking shit, fixing shit. Sometimes I'll walk around the house and break things just so I can fix them later. And my girl's like, what? Wasn't this, well, this wasn't broken the other day. I'm like, oh. Yeah, one of the kids probably probably did it. Well, I'm gonna go to Home Depot and uh, you know fix some stuff or whatever. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, I'm I'm a pretty uh, calm dude. I I don't get out much. Not even really on social media at all. I I enjoy my privacy. I enjoy being uh, I don't want to say like a mystery, but um, you know I I like to keep to myself. Um, so I'm sorry, fight fans, if I'm not a uh, clickbait for you but uh yeah come uh come check out the fights if you want to see me be fun i guess that's when i'm the most alive i guess Nah, man, I think you're more than alive. I mean, anybody that's ever got to meet you, I mean, even when I got to talk to you, it's nothing but good energy from you, nothing but uh, great vibes. I mean, even when you're talking, I could kind of tell that you really like being reserved just because you're really short-winded, you know, but you keep everything... Um, you're very kind, you know, so I just want to give you that, you know, you aren't you aren't no rude body, you know, so uh, Just keep on doing your thing, man. You know, there's people that appreciate you for you. So I really appreciate Joe, but um, You know just wanted to sign off here, man um, Any last shout outs that you wanted to give I know we were talking earlier about 805 kickboxing um, Of course your family, but any uh, any sponsors that you potentially have or any anything in the works that you wanted to kind of give a shout out to I mean, nobody in particular, you know, like you already mentioned, my family, you know, my wife, my kids, um, Mario Reyes, obviously, 805 kickboxing instructor, Manny Marquez, our jiu-jitsu instructor, um, my teammates, obviously, anybody that's supported me, um, I guess my main sponsor, I guess you could say, is um, King's Barbershop out in Lompoc, those guys always come and uh support me whenever they can and um just the overwhelming support that i've gotten from just lompoc community in general you know even even if they don't know me you know it, it's you know my my girl is kind of frustrated with it at this point she's like i bumped into another person that said they knew or they saw a video of you and i'm like sorry i don't know you know, but like I'm not a big deal in Lompoc, but I love to support my community and I love the the support that my community gives me as well. You know, um, any future sponsors, if I haven't met you yet, thank you. Yeah, no, I believe that's the best note to end off, man. I feel like you're going to definitely get some offers coming up here pretty soon, especially once you start on that pro venture and, you know, Hopefully this podcast, man, anybody listening, go ahead and make sure to reach out to my boy Joe Palacios. He's over at 805 Kickboxing. He is a man on a mission. He is going to be the next lightweight coming up out of here, the Napomo area. Definitely going to be the Lompoc legend. I mean, you know, so 
that's going to be Michael Hernandez of MLH Media and Valley Fight News signing out of the 10 Second Mark podcast over here with Joe Palacios, our first ever guest. Thank you so much for your time today, brother. Well, that interview is another example of how interesting fighters are. I know that guy was uh, trying to convince you that he was just a family man the whole time, but I don't think he realizes how interesting his life is, Michael. Yeah, it was absolutely insane talking to him. I mean, even down to the fact that he was serving in the military before he even got into MMA, I found that very interesting, and I really wanted to delve into that because that warrior mindset that we constantly talk about in MMA is shown in the military so often i mean having to see these crazy events and go through these life-changing experiences that not a lot of people are often having to go through so it's great talking to him and i can't wait to see his next fight hopefully he's able to fight here in the san luis obispo area because i mean that would be absolutely awesome to see him come and have that hometown support but if not then it's going to be great seeing him go to that pro level, especially at 155. Being there in person for his last fight, it was it was definitely a different different fighter, different Palacios. So I'm very excited to see the rest of his career at 155. Yeah, really exciting to be able to talk to guys that are going pro. I've sparred professional fighters before, and they're just like a different breed. It takes a different level of focus to get to that level, and just you can't even imagine the amount of work that has gone into that the early mornings the late nights the amount of times you just want to throw up because you've been running so much just absolutely brutal and it's uh, really impressive that he's got through all of that and then obviously he probably learned a lot of that from his time in the service which is just you know phenomenal absolutely phenomenal guy is just super interesting i wanted to touch on uh was his coaches uh joe's coaches that's obviously just like that's one of my favorite relationships that you get from boxing i remember my coach from home his name's ronald just absolutely phenomenal guy and the relationship that you have with your coach is just something that you can't really find anywhere else and this mario guy just seems like a like you said he sounded like a character sounded like just somebody who cares about his fighters i i really can't wait for his next fight If he doesn't get a perform here in slow and the card isn't able to come together for him, I'm really hoping that he's able to get on a card here in California on a pro card. Hopefully Uriah Faber's A1 Combat or Spar Star or one of those will hit him up because Joe's got such a great story, as you said. I mean, even coming from the San Bernardino area, coming from an area where not a lot of kids look to go into the military. You know, it's either you're going into a gang life or you're going into a nine to five. And it was good that he found that military path. And now we see him in the MMA cage because he's definitely putting some work. I mean, I talked plenty about that knockout that he had against Vlad Buren, but even down to his performances that he had against Christie and that loss and even plenty of his fights, he's always put up a great fight. So I can't wait to talk to him. And then for next week, I mean, we're going to have one of your uh, one of your combat mates that you box with over in Paso Robles. Did you want to give a little bit of a kind of preview to the fans on what we were going to be talking to next week? He is most definitely one of the most passionate coaches I've met in the game so far. He is he has definitely shown a lot of love to his fighters, and he's going to have a couple of them on this upcoming card. And for Uriah Faber's A1 Combat, they're having their first Muay Thai card actually, and I believe it's going to be in Long Beach in May and he is going to be having two of his guys one of the guys is going to be fighting for the belt so even more hats off to that uh, 805 kickboxing team because they're just doing big things and they're going to continue doing big things they got so they they got some Gracies over there helping them learn jiu-jitsu they got Joe hopefully looking to go pro soon and then they already got some guys going pro in Muay Thai we already know what the next level of pro pro Muay Thai hopefully they go into that MMA scene that would be absolutely awesome because we definitely know those Muay Thai guys love to stand up and bang and that's what MMA fans love to see man so I'm more than excited to see the future of 805 kickboxing and see what they bring to the table especially for these Central Coast fans they haven't had a Pro a pro athlete to cheer for since the Chad Mendez days or since Chuck Liddell days, and now they got Cody Gibson and Castle Williams. Hopefully they're gonna be making their splashes in Bellator, and Cody Gibson's gonna be on the Ultimate Fighter coming up here pretty soon. But 
it's awesome that we're having some young talent and Joe coming up and hopefully he's going to push into that pro scene, man. And then of course we're going to let our listeners know, uh, when and where that fight is with Joe, if it happens in the central coast. And if it doesn't, we'll still let you guys know. And, uh, stay tuned for next week when we talk to JJ Subia, the state champ of the 150 weight class here in the state of California. Should be a great interview and looking forward to getting it done. Yeah, we have plenty of guests lined up. We've been talking to a lot of people. We have Ray Rodriguez. We have Von Palacio, a former pro fighter. They're both looking and talking about getting on the show. And we have plenty of other people from even outside of the Central Coast area that I've been talking to, hopefully looking to hop on the show. And I know you have your connections both here and in Washington. So I think these fans should be excited for not only this episode and its contents, but the next one's coming up. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so this has been the 10 second mark with Michael Hernandez and Charlie Nichols. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys for our next episode. See you guys.